Hey there, future fans. This week we have John Wick's Doctor, A Good Neighbor, and Lady Thieves. This is the week of June 8th, 2018, and this is episode 92 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Alright everyone, welcome to the show. We are on the road to 100. I'm thinking of doing a giveaway or something, but I will think about what I want to do more as the weeks progress. We still have eight episodes till we hit that mark. But you know what? We have a good looking week this week. We really do. We have some movies I'm excited for and a lot of them I want to see. There's no one huge blockbuster. There is one movie with a lot of stars in it. And that, that kind of goes along with the theme of blockbuster season, even though it's not a lot of CG explosions, all that stuff. It's still pretty cool when you see a big ensemble cast. But even though we don't have a typical blockbuster on our hands this week, I'm still really excited. We have quite a few movies that I'm going to put on my list to see. We do have a lot of movies this week, so we are going back to the way things were, where I talk about the limited movies, limited release movies, just by saying the name, the premise, and who's in it, and maybe a couple words, and then moving on, and then going more in-depth about the movies I'm actually excited for and the wider releases, whether I want to see them or not. So while we're on the topic, let me tell you who I am and what it is I do here. What it is I actually do here is an auditory striptease. That's right. No one besides my wife would actually want to see me perform a striptease, so that's why I do it on a podcast. No, that's not what I do at all. On this show, I go over every movie that's coming out during the week, and I give my thoughts on it. I tell you what it's about and who's in it. And then I give it a score. But I don't do that for all movies. There are some movies, like I said a little earlier, just a couple of seconds ago, that are limited releases that don't look that great. So I just tell you the basics about them. And then we go on to the bigger movies. The bigger movies get a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, a.k.a. the Bill Score. This score can go anywhere from a zero for the really horrible movies to an 11 for those movies that turn it up that extra notch. The show always starts out with this little introduction, a little bit of housekeeping, then we go into the news and trailers, and then we wrap it all up after the movies, of course, with the question of the week. So how do you listen to this show? How do you reach me? Those are some great questions. First of all, if you're listening to the show, you're doing a good job, but how else can you listen to me? Well, I am on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website and Facebook page. As my friend Robert found out recently, if you have an iPhone, I'm right there. I am already there. You just need to get the podcast app. I'm, I'm, I'm not actually sure what it's called. I'm a, I'm a, not a, not a PC. Okay, I am a PC, but I'm a Android user. But anyway, no matter how you want to listen. It is easy peasy lemon squeezy to find this show. 
And then when you want to comment, when you want to answer the question of the week, how do you do that? You can reach me through my email, billiamreviews at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at billiamswn. I've been getting better. I've done it one whole week in a row of reminding you of what the question of the week is the day before I record. So next week, we'll see if we can make that two weeks. Two weeks makes a pattern. You can also comment on our Somewhat Nerdy Facebook page where I post the show. You can also comment on the Somewhat Nerdy website. You can comment on SoundCloud. So you can use all of those various ways to get in contact with me and answer the question of the week or just uh, say something. Hey, go, hey, I love the show. When are you going to get a co-host? And they'll go, I have no friends. And they'll start crying. It'll be really awkward for you. And I'm sorry for that. Maybe I'll get my seal puppet to uh, to be my co-host. That won't that won't be awkward or sad. Well, anyway, I've kind of got a little muddled with the with the intro, so I think that's everything. Oh yes, the other shows on the network. I am part of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. The other shows on that network are the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. That is a flagship podcast of the network. That is a bi-weekly podcast that's been on hiatus for a little bit, but bear with them; they will be back. And better than ever. Also on hiatus, the nerds of the squared circle, they will hopefully be back. There's a lot of stuff going on with them over in Louisiana. So uh, hopefully we'll hear back from them soon. But until then, I am here. I am here each and every week for you. So you're welcome, unless you find me annoying, in which case I'm sorry, but thank you for listening anyway. It's like I have haters already. It's time to time to play some Taylor Swift. Well, let's get out of the intro and let's go into the first segment, which as always is the news. Could Legally Blonde 3 happen? According to The Hollywood Reporter, it could. Reese Witherspoon is in talks to reprise her role as Elle Woods, and this film would be produced by Witherspoon's company, Hello Sunshine. We're getting more pictures from John Wick 3 Parabellum. We now know what Halle Berry's character Sophia is going to look like, and that is badass and flanked by two dogs. Slash Film reported on this, and the pictures, if you want to see them, are on the John Wick Twitter account, they're on Instagram somewhere, they're, they're all over the place, it's not hard to find it. The world will finally get to see the final work of the late genius Orson Welles. It will debut this fall thanks to Netflix and producers Frank Marshall and Jan Rimza. This is a film that almost never came out. It was made 50 years ago and was never finished until now. This was reported on by Collider, who also mentioned that Netflix is the company that picked it up and they are planning theatrical screening, so it won't be a straight-to-Netflix movie. And by the time this episode airs, the trailer for the second Lego movie will have dropped. I'm recording this on Monday, and the trailer is set to drop Tuesday, so keep an eye out for that. That is why I'm not talking about it on the trailer trove. I might talk about it next week if it really blows my mind. And the poster is already out for everyone to see. In other animated news, is Toy Story 4 still happening? Maybe. It was originally set for a release last year, but it was swapped with Cars 3. It was set for a release this year, but it was swapped again, this time for The Incredibles 2, which comes out next week. Now we're finding out, thanks to Slash Film, that they threw out over three quarters of the script. So while yes, the film is still happening, will it actually make its next deadline? We don't know. The news that they threw out three quarters of the script came to us from actress Annie Potts. That's right. Janine Melnitz from the Ghostbusters movies. She is also the voice of Bo Peep. She said that originally the plot was a love story between Woody and Bo Peep, 
Bo Peep had disappeared somewhere between Toy Story 2 and 3, and it was never mentioned in the movies, so this was a movie where they tackled it. Was she lost, sold, donated to charity? Time will tell. While most of the script was thrown out, we still don't know if the plot will remain the same. So are they going to do the same thing, where it's between Woody and Bo Peep, or are they going to go a totally different direction? Right now, Annie Potts assumes she's still in the movie. We'll see on June 21st, 2019. We hope. And finally in the news, according to Screen Daily, Taika Waititi's new movie has started filming for Fox Searchlight. This is a film called Jojo Rabbit, and it's a Nazi satire film starring Scarlett Johansson, unfortunately, Sam Rockwell, Rebel Wilson, Thomas McKenzie, and YTT himself playing Adolf Hitler. This has no set release date yet, but I can't wait. And with that, my dear future fans, it is time to step into everyone's favorite segment, The Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to the Trailer Trove. There's now a second trailer for Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and it doesn't look as bad as I feared it could. This could have easily been a super cringy movie with easy internet and technology jokes, just like the Emoji movie had, but this looks like it's going to be a lot better than I was ever expecting. We see Vanellope meeting the Disney princesses, most of whom are actually voiced by their original voice actors. We saw a couple of new characters as well, and what the internet will look like. All that on top of Ralph being Ralph. This film has a November 21st, 2018 release date. The next few trailers are all for movies I had no idea were coming out until the trailers hit YouTube or were mentioned on IMDb's trailer section. I've heard no buzz about these films, but they all look really good. The first film on the list is called White Boy Rick. This is based on a true story, which will tie into our question of the week, about Ricky Wersch Jr., who became a drug kingpin and FBI informant at the ripe old age of 15. This film stars Richie Merritt in his first ever role. He plays Ricky, of course. This also stars Matthew McConaughey, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Eddie Marson, and Bruce Dern. This has a September 21st release date, and it looks badass. And now for the trailer that got me the most excited. This one came out of nowhere, like I mentioned earlier. The only reason I know about this is thanks to YouTube suggestions. I know YouTube's been coming coming under fire a lot recently, and I'm not going to comment on that. All I'm going to say is, th at least this one time, thank you, YouTube. This is for a movie called Peppermint. And if you follow the Somewhat Nerdy Facebook page, you may have seen my post about this. It looks intense. It looks like if John Wick meets Kill Bill, and then this is what you get. It's not as stylized as Kill Bill, but it's a similar story. A woman going after those who wronged her. In this case, it's about a woman, played by Jennifer Garner, who is going after the people in a cartel that killed her family during a drive-by and got away with it. So basically, her family gets killed. She survives. She testifies against them, but is the only one because this cartel has money and influence everywhere. So she disappears for five years, comes back near the anniversary of her family's death, and murders f***ing everyone. Cartel members, f***ing kill them and string them up. Corrupt cop, corrupt judge, kill those f***ers, and I like it. I cannot wait. Now, let's wrap up the trailer trove with the second trailer that got me super pumped, and this is a Steve McQueen movie, the man who brought us 12 Years a Slave, and he co-wrote this with Gillian Flynn. 
Gillian Flynn, of course, brought us Gone Girl. This stars Viola Davis, Elizabeth Debicki, Jackie Weaver, Danielle Kaluuya, Michelle Rodriguez, Colin Farrell, Robert Duvall, and Liam Neeson. This is about a group of thieves who get killed and people come for the money that they took. It just so happens that their wives have the money and they band together to help each other stay alive. This has a November 16th release date. And that was the last trailer I noticed this week. If I missed anything, please let me know. And just remember that the Lego Movie 2 trailer will be out by the time this airs. So don't forget to look at that. So let's take our first break before we get into the movies. So let's hear a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Stay tuned. Are you troubled by a lack of common interest in your social sphere? Do you experience feelings of nostalgic sentiment in your day-to-day life? Do your family or coworkers not understand your quotes, quips, or references? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and download the nerdiest professionals in the galaxy. Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Our nerdy and informative hosts are available 24 hours a day on your favorite podcast app to fill all your super nerdy needs. Good Good journey, nerds. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio, Future Flicks with Billiam, and Nerds of the Squared Circle on iTunes, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast app, or stream us at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, and welcome back. We have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, five movies in the limited section. These are movies that get limited releases And also, I don't think they're interesting enough to warrant talking about. So let's start out with a movie called Nancy. Nancy becomes increasingly convinced that she was kidnapped as a child. One evening, she sees a story on the news about a kidnapped child and sees a 30-year-aged artist rendering of what the kid would look like today. All Nancy can see is the likeness to this child and meets up with the parents. But is she really who she thinks she is? This stars Andrea Riseborough from Oblivion, Steve Buscemi from Boardwalk Empire, Anne Dowd from The Handmaid's Tale, and John Leguizamo from The Pest. I mean, this one could be interesting, but it it didn't do enough to wow me, and that's why it's here in this section. Next up is a movie that will not wow anyone, and that is called Astro. A billionaire's private space exploration program returns to Earth with an extraterrestrial aboard, But this extraterrestrial has some human DNA in it. This stars no one. It's a straight-to-VOD worthy cringe fest with a budget so low that they probably had to go to the dollar store for catering. Next up this week is a movie called Westwood, Punk Icon Activist. This is a documentary about Vivian Westwood, a fashion designer and activist who I guess is supposed to be well-known and important or some sh**. But I don't give two f***. If you're a fan of high fashion, maybe you know who this is, and maybe you'd want to watch it. But for everyone else, skip this. 211 is the next movie, or 211, I'm not sure. Inspired by one of the longest and bloodiest real-life events in police history, Officer Mike Chandler and a young civilian ride along find themselves underprepared and outgunned when they're first on scene for a daring bank heist by a fearless team of highly trained and heavily armed men. This stars Nicolas Cage from The Wicker Man and Michael Rainey Jr. from Power. And finally, in the limited section, a movie that that was close. It was close to being interesting, and that movie is called Alex Strangelove. 
Alex Truelove is the model student. He gets the best grades, he has a wonderful girlfriend, and has a bright future ahead of him. One night he goes to his first party and meets Elliot, a young man that makes him question what he wants. This stars Daniel Doney from Adventures in Public School, Antonio Marzali from Altered Carbon, Madeline Weinstein from Beach Rats, and William Ragsdale from the original Fright Night. And with that, we are out of the limited release section. Let us take a quick break to hear a word from our friends at the Nerds of the Squared Circle. And we'll be right back with the wide releases and interesting indies. Stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me... Snarf Chris and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right, welcome back. We have one, two, three, four, five movies that made it into this section. Three of them are wide releases, and two of them are interesting enough to make the cut. So let's start with the first movie that made the cut, and that's called Hearts Beat Loud. Sam is getting ready to leave for college. Before she goes, her father, Frank, convinces her to record a song with him since starting a band with her was something he's always wanted to do. Their song starts to get noticed and Frank wants Sam to hold off on college so they can be in a band together. But Sam wants change. This stars Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec, Kiersey Clemens from Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising, Ted Danson from Becker, Tony Collette from Little Miss Sunshine, and Blythe Danner from Meet the Parents. Nick Offerman really, really made it big with Parks and Rec just because Ron Swanson is a fantastic character. But I really like seeing what he's doing now that that show is off the air. I, I really liked Park and Parks and Rec. It was funny, but he does really good work. And this is one that I really want to see. I, I like seeing him as this playing a parent, like a true parent who's at times cringy, just like all parents can be. But at the same time, loving. What I didn't get to say in the premise is that Sam had fun. She had fun recording a song with her dad. She's excited that people are playing her song. And true, it's on it's some indie mix on Spotify, but he hears it in some super hipster cafe. And he's like, oh, our song's being played here. Which, you know, isn't making it at all. But if I release a song and I hear, heard it playing in public somewhere even if it was the most hipster place I've ever been to, I would still be stoked. I'd be like, wow, you are playing my song. You ch either A, chose to put this on, or B, it came on and you didn't turn it off. So Frank's excited. He's like, wow, people are playing our music. We, we, can, we can do something. We're good. And he tries to convince his daughter who's leaving for college to, instead of going to college, stay to be in a band. And normally in movies, it's the opposite. The kid's like, oh, I want to follow my dreams. But the parent's like, no, you have to go to college. No, dad, I just want to dance. You don't understand. But what I think we didn't see in the trailer is that Nick Offerman's character is going to be lonely because he is a single parent, which is something I haven't mentioned yet. But he is a single parent, and I'm assuming the wife died. 
Like something bad happened. Either she died or she left both of them just because there's a scene where he says, oh, you remind me so much of your mother. You know, she would have. Oh, he said would have. So that probably means she died. OK, so she probably dies. And so guess what? He raised this this young girl on his own. I don't know for how long, but at least part of the time raising her on his own. And his last connection to the woman he loved is leaving the nest. Also, there's other change in his life. The store he owns a record shop and he has to close down because his landlord is raising the rent on him, no ma- even though she's his friend, I guess. And she tried not to raise the rent on him for a while, but can't afford not to raise rent now. It's something weird going on with that. But this looks like a charming movie. This looks like a charming movie with a story that we haven't seen before. And this is how you do an indie movie. This is how you present it. I never felt like it was trying to be artsy. And that's what so many of them, the ones I swear a lot about, that's what they do wrong is they force feed me this indie feeling. And this hearts beat loud just feels, looks and sounds like an honest, an honest movie. And that's really what I want. I don't need a big budget. I don't need flashy stuff. I don't need comic book characters. I don't need an all-star cast. What I want is a good story. And this movie looks like it gives it to you. Hearts Beat Loud gets an 8 out of 11. All right, I took a quick ramen break, which makes me wonder, how do you eat your ramen? Or, you know, Japanese noodles, depending on the company you use, calls it something different. Basically, Top Ramen, Ichiban... All those different types. I like to cook it up and then I I beat an egg like I'm going to scramble it and I put it in there and mix it around really quick and basically turn the broth into like a poor man's egg flour soup. And then I'll put hot sauce into it and mix it up too. So how do you eat your ramen? Anyway, let's move on to the next movie this week. And it's a movie called Hereditary. When the matriarch of the Graham family passes away, her daughter's family begins to unravel cryptic and increasingly terrifying secrets about their ancestry. This stars Toni Collette in her second movie this week from Little Miss Sunshine, Gabrielle Byrne from or Gabriel Gabriel Byrne from The Usual Suspects, and Anne Dowd again. So that's her second movie this week, fourth movie in the past two weeks that's coming out. So she, she's been busy. And that's the kind of actor I wouldn't mind being. You know, you're not going to go, oh, have you seen Ann Dowd's latest movie? But you know what? She probably makes a good living doing a lot of smaller roles. And she can also jump around a lot more. She can be in, you know, two movies this week, two movies last week. Who knows what's coming out uh, as well? And she's in The Handmaid's Tale. Anyway, let's move on. This looks like it's a... Like, like it's trying to be like the witch or clown or Babadook or it follows where it's trying to be an indie horror movie. This one looks better than those other ones, though. I liked the witch, though. I liked it as an artsy movie. So I sit there going, hmm, hmm, I'm feeling fancy while I was watching it while it follows and the Babadook were just sh-. this one looks like it'll be better than those, but Maybe better than which. I, I don't know. It looks like it was one part scary, one part try hardy, where it feels like it's just trying way, way too hard to give a scare that's different from what we're used to. And while I like innovation, I like just trying new things, not necessarily innovation in this movie, but just trying stuff that we don't get all the time. It doesn't look like it works. And this this could be an interesting movie. But the trailer is untrustworthy because half of the trailer looked really good. 
and the other half looked completely shitty. It could be the case of a bad trailer. Uh, once again, I'm going to bring up Lady Bird because I, I haven't seen it yet and I want to. As you all know, I'm hoping and I'm really thinking at this point that it was the case of a bad trailer. This could be that too. Just a shitty trailer for a good movie. I like Tony Collette. I like Tony Collette a lot. In Her Shoes is a great movie. Little Miss Sunshine, Sixth Sense, other stuff. But she's good. And I one day will watch this, but not anytime soon, because the trailer didn't do enough to catch my attention. Hereditary gets a 5 out of 11. Next up this week, we have three movies left. So next up is a movie I've been talking about for a while. And that's a documentary called Won't You Be My Neighbor. This is a documentary that explores Fred Rogers and his life, lessons, and the legacy of his children's show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And anyone from the 80s, anyone from the 70s, 80s, and even some 90s kids should be interested in this because it's f***ing Mr. Rogers. It is the host of the best children's show that has ever existed for many reasons. For the lessons he taught, for the kindness, for the, the fact that he he loved teaching kids. He, he was truly a great man. How many years has it been since his death and still not a single story of him being some f***ing closet pervert? So a genuinely amazing and loving human being got his own show for kids and it became a phenomenon. Ma -na 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 -na. Phenomenon. But seriously, I really, really want to see this. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was a big part of my childhood. And if you're around my age, if you're in your 30s, uh, maybe even your late 20s, you will remember him. Hopefully you had him as part of your childhood. And I don't know what else I can say besides let's all watch this movie and remember a truly great man who taught us important life lessons that are as important now as they have ever been. Won't You Be My Neighbor gets an 11 out of 11. But Billiam, you may be wondering, if that gets an 11 out of 11, are the other movies going to get them too? No, my dear friend who sounds oddly like Goofy. No, they will not. Because I just have a problem making a documentary my pick of the week. I believe I've done it once. I forgot when that was, but I believe I've done it once. But add that, the fact that it's a documentary, and add the fact that it's a limited release documentary, and I just didn't want to make it my pick of the week, even though I would watch this movie over anything that's come out so far. The next two movies look really good. Not as good as Won't You Be My Neighbor, but... Okay, that's not exactly true. The next two movies look really good, but in their own way, because they are totally different movies from the from a documentary. This pick was hard. Uh, I really thought this week was going to be an easy pick. I thought we were going to go with the obvious one, but then there's one more movie that made me second guess myself. But let's go on with the movie that didn't make it as a pick of the week. The next movie is called Hotel Artemis. The Hotel Artemis isn't a regular hotel. No, it's not. It's actually a secret members-only emergency room and hospital for criminals. One night, some thieves bring their wounded friend in, but the man they stole from shows up to get revenge. The trouble is, the guy is under the protection of the Artemis as long as he's there, but the man he stole from wants in. 
This stars Jodie Foster from Panic Room, Sophia Butella from Star Trek Beyond, Dave Bautista from Guardians of the Galaxy, Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park, Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us, Jenny Slate from Gifted, Zachary Quinto from Star Trek Beyond, Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny, and Kenneth Choi from Captain America. This movie popped up on my radar a few weeks back when I when the first trailer dropped, or, or at least I noticed the trailer for the first time, and it looks really good. This looks like it belongs in the John Wick universe, and I, I seriously want, at the end, I want some sort of reference to John Wick, even though I know it's not going to happen. But it feels like this hotel, quote-unquote, should be part of the John Wick mythos. It feels like the Artemis should be talked about hand-in-hand with the Continental. And a lot of people have actually brought this up. I I read an article on The Verge or The Verve, some some website about it, going, oh, is it a ripoff or is it a coincidence? And and I 100% think it's a coincidence, because just think how many times a movie has come out, and then later that year, a couple years later, we get another one just like it, and it just so happens they had been worked on at the same time, no one knew. Just like Dante's Peak and Volcano, Zootopia and Sing, the Emoji Movie and the fat sh- I took this morning. You know, things like that that are just similar. And because it's similar, I really want to see this. This looks really good. I, I like Jodie Foster a lot, and it looks like we're getting a brand new type of character from her. I, I, ha- I don't recognize this style of character from any of her other roles. And it's filled with actors I really like. Sophia Boutella came out of nowhere in the first Kingsman and now is a big name. Dave Batista, who knew that Batista would leave the WWE and become a big actor? Out of everyone there, I didn't think it would be him. But now he is, he's a big name. Now he's a wanted star. And this looks like a good role for him because it looks like he's doing something different. Because it was Skyfall he was in, right? Let, let's check. No, I'm wrong. It was Spectre. But still, like, that character was basically this big, strong, silent bruiser. Then he's Drax, who we all know and love. And now he's this huge orderly in this hotel slash hospital that is probably going to murder a whole lot of people. This is going to be a very violent, very dark, but also very enjoyable movie. It's not going to be so dark that it's going to take away from the enjoyability, but it's also not going to be something you should take your children to at all. This isn't a movie for adults. This is going to be a hyper-violent movie along the lines of, I'm going to say it again, so say it with me, John Wick. This could be the movie you see this week if you want to see something that's a little more original than the pick of the week. If you don't catch it in theaters, be sure to catch it on some streaming service or on DVD and Blu-ray. Hotel Artemis gets an 8.5 out of 11. And finally, it is time for the pick of the week. And if you know what movies are coming out, then you know what it is, because there's only one movie I haven't talked about yet. And that film is called Ocean's 8. Debbie Ocean gathers an all-female crew to attempt an impossible heist at New York City's yearly Met Gala. This stars Sandra Bullock from Gravity, Kate Blanchett from Thor Ragnarok, Anne Hathaway from The Dark Knight Rises, Mindy Kaling from The Office, Sarah Paulson from American Horror Story, Aquafina from Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising, singer Rihanna, Helena Bonham Carter from The King's Speech, and Dakota Fanning from The Alienist. When this movie was first announced, I was excited and 
also not looking forward to it at all because it, to me it it could have gone two ways it could have gone the way it seems like it has gone where they just made a really good movie or at least a really enjoyable movie with a all-female cast or it could have also gone the other way where they just copied and pasted oceans 11 with a female cast i'm so glad they didn't go that way and i think i think today especially in the modern hollywood we're so we're getting more hyper aware of other people other than dudes in movies that we won't let some pandering half-assed mess make it to the theater. Movies like this should be able to be sold on the premise and the the acting on everything except the fact that the cast is all women or all people of color or all something. It should just be a bonus. Something like that should always be a bonus. We should want a good movie or an enjoyable movie first. And I fully think that that's what we get with Ocean's 8. We're going to get an entertaining comedy, uh, crime comedy, that just so happens to have the benefit of being a movie that 100% passes the Bechdel test. So I believe this movie is for everyone. This movie is for people who just want to see something fun. This is for people who are all about women and women empowerment. And it's for fans of the series. I, I truly believe we're just going to get more of the Ocean's 11, 12, 13 with this one. The only change is the cast. It's going to be a similar movie. It's going to be a heist movie, a crime comedy that's going to be fully enjoyable that I think, unfortunately, is going to get lost in in the blockbuster season, but I believe will make up for it when it comes out on DVD and streaming. This is going to be good. It has really good people in it. Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett. You have that. You have me on that alone. Hell, put one of them in a movie and I will see it. Add Anne Hathaway to that list. I like Mindy, Mindy Kaling. I think she's funny. Sarah Paulson. I, I don't watch American Horror Story. Aquafina is a really tasty brand of water. Rihanna is sure there too. And Helena Bonham Carter. The King's Speech it will come up again later because it's based on a true story. It's a fantastic movie and she is amazing in it. And the fact that she can play that role, then at the same time, well, not same time, of course, but also play Bellatrix Lestrange in the Harry Potter series. This, this homicidal maniac blows my mind. I think she is one of the best actresses in our time. And she will be remembered as such. Also, add Kate Blanchett to that list. And Or is she great? Or is she just tall? You get extra points if you can tell me where I stole that joke from. But seriously, this movie looks good. It It's going to be good. It may not be great. It's not going to go down on AMC's list of 100 movies you have to see or whatever the shit that's called. But this is going to be an enjoyable movie. And I think that's what that's what's most important when it comes to seeing films is pure enjoyability oceans 8 has that in spades oceans 8 gets a 9 out of 11. there are several ways to raise money for a good cause some do it by running marathons some host high dollar dinners and some just do it by clever internetting we here at the watch your mouth podcast employ a different approach 
wall-to-wall filthy fucking language. Go to a grocery store. I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, the that I even come here for. With our charity swear jar, every fucked up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of fucks and garnished with a crown of Shut the fuck up. How the fuck did we get here? Fuck all that. Fucking jelly bean. So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with that, it is time for the question of the week. It's now Tuesday for me, so I apologize if the show comes out on Thursday, but I wanted to give it just a little more time for people to answer, and we got some. We, we got more answers than we normally do, so thank you for that. And I learned something. I learned why I always miss Critter's Twitter answers. It's because the fact that Critter has a, a locked account. You have a locked account or something. Uh, it's private or, or whatever, which means it doesn't show up in the notifications. I have to go to the mentions, which I never noticed up there. So now, from now on, I will not miss your answers, he says, secretly terrified he will. But let's go over the question of last week, which was, what is your favorite movie based on a true story? We got our first answer from Frat Matt. He says, I know it's a miniseries, but I pick Band of Brothers for the current question of the week. To which I replied, that is a great answer. I watch that show once a year, and I really do. It is fantastic. It is one of the best World War II media things out there. Not just a show, but even compared to movies, it is really good. It's not my favorite World War II anything, as you'll see when I get to my answer, but it is so good that I always make a point to watch it. The acting is phenomenal. It was shot really well. Uh, everything about it is great. Before he answered, Brian Q asked me if I had ever seen a movie called Wild Zero, which is now on my to-be-watch list because it's about a Japanese rock and roll band called Guitar Wolf. He goes on to say that I've seen Guitar Wolf twice, awesome, both times. During interviews, they claim that the movie is real and that they really saved the earth. And I'm already down. I've listened to some of their music already. It is sick. I like it a lot. But let's go on to what his answer is. And Brian Q said, I'm having trouble deciding, so I'll offer three. Sid and Nancy. It's, of course, the movie from the 80s with Gary Oldman and Chloe Webb. That was the Ben Affleck-directed movie starring Ben Affleck, Brian Cranston, um, who else? Alan Arkin, John Goodman. I have to look this up uh, from 2012. And then finally, he says 127 hours. That is the movie about the guy who got his arm trapped while he was climbing and had to cut his own arm off. That one starring James Franco. So all of those are great answers. The Uncorked Gamers, and I'm assuming uh, w whenever the Uncorked Gamers, whenever you guys respond, I'm just going to assume it's Dan. So if it's ever Jeff, please let me know. But anyway, they answered and said, and I quote, Chaplin, because he should never fade into obscurity. Chaplin, of course, the movie starring the great Robert Downey Jr. In one of my favorite roles of his, he's always been a great actor. I think Chaplin was before his, um, his sobriety. Because right now, he's really in his renaissance. He is bigger now than ever, because he was big back when he was still a druggy drunk. Was it drugs or was it just alcohol? I forgot. So all that shit he was on, whatever it was, he was still great as an actor then. But now he is fantastic. But we can't forget he did some amazing work before he cleaned up. Chaplin was one of those movies. 
So I didn't see any answers on SoundCloud. I didn't see any on the website or Facebook page. Uh, no one emailed me. So then let's go on to Anne's answer. She says the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. So this franchise was just loosely based on a true story. And of course, I said when I when I originally mentioned this question last week that I will take loosely based because this is loosely based off the crimes of Ed Gein, who would skin skin his victims and then make make clothing out of them. And then let's wrap this up with my answer. My answer is uh, I'm going to cheat as well and have two answers. The first is the King's Speech, which is, I think, the best performance from both Colin Firth and Jeffrey Rush. And Helena Bonham Carter did a fantastic job in it. I'm not sure if it's her best performance. It could be, though. But she was great in it as well. It was just a really well done, really great movie. And the other movie I want to mention is Hacksaw Ridge, my new favorite World War II movie. Because it was so well done. I love Band of Brothers. I love Saving Private Ryan, but this movie went above and beyond in my opinion. And the story of Desmond Doss is one we we need to know and we needed to see it on the big screen and it was fantastic. And it's time for a new question of the week. And that question is inspired by Ocean's 8. So I want to know, my dear future fans, which series or which movie, which movie would you like to see a reboot or remake? So it could be a full remake or it could just be a reboot featuring a gender bend cast. Since in Hollywood there are more movies with all male casts, this will probably be a, an answer with you saying what you want to see an all female cast in. But if you can think of a movie with an all female cast that you want to see as an all male cast, go for that as well. So which movie would you like to see remade or rebooted with a gender bend cast? Well, that is it for this episode of Future Flicks with Billiam. I will see you back here next week for episode 93. But let's wrap all this up with some housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars or a like or share the podcast. Share it with your friends. That is how we grow here. Also, leave a comment. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what you'd like to see improved upon. And how do you reach me? How do you answer the question of the week? That is a good thing to ask. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN, Instagram at BilliamSWN, email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Don't forget to check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast, great friends of the show. Also check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans. Please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future. <laughs>